Welcome. You are now listening to the Anything Goes podcast with your hosts, Greg and Alex. Check. Check. One, two, one, two, three, five, twelve. Oh yeah! What's up? What's up? What's up? She, what's going on? Welcome to the Anything Goes podcast. I am one half of your host. I am Stan. I mean, Greg, aka Crazy Greg, aka Pooh Bear. I mean, I am a Stan, but I am not Stan. But anyway, what's going on? We're going to get into that. And we are joined by... That's my cue. No, I was saying bye. 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 <laughs> what's up? What's up? <laughs> we are joined by... Alex. What's, what's up, up, Alex? Not much. So uh, I feel like a broken record. Because I keep saying like, yo, this is like our biggest episode yet. I know. Yo, this is like our biggest interview Well, see, yet. that's the greatest thing about Anything Goes. Oh, my goodness. Is that anytime we interview someone, it's like the best thing ever because it's a totally different topic. I know. And it's such a great moment for us. And it's it's just so amazing in its own way. Yeah, but I feel like the, the, our listeners are going to think I'm lying because I just keep saying like, oh, this is the best episode. This is the greatest episode. But everyone like... I don't know. Do we just keep topping like ourselves? I mean, we do, but we I don't. I think it's pretty cool. I know, but I like love, you said, yeah, go. I, I love talking to all of these different people from different, you know, career backgrounds and just parts of the country and stuff like that. I like love talking to them and just hearing, you know, what life has thrown at them. Yeah, it's so cool. But um. All right, so let's do this. Yeah. If you if you follow us on the social media, you will know what today's episode on the is. Social media. What? You're so old. Why? Because you said on the social media. Yeah, on the social media. It's on social media. You don't have to. Do, you don't have to put the in front of it. Really? Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um, if not, we got the man Byron Williams. Mm-hmm. We got him right here today. On the Anything Goes podcast, an interview with Byron Williams. Yeah. Um, if you don't know, now you know. Um, he's the ex-bodyguard of Chicka Chicka Chicka. Slim Shady. Slim Shady. <laughs> Eminem. Yeah. Marshall Mathers. This is the guy. Um, we're going to get into a whole bunch. Mm-hmm. But he says it, and I believe it. Without Byron today... There probably would be no Eminem. I he, mean, if he wasn't there to protect him. Yeah, and I believe that because he's been through some crazy things. Yeah. And I'm sure he's had many hits on him. Mm-hmm. And there's many people in his that you know were walking in his shoes in his stature. Yeah. In the rap game that didn't make it through. Yeah, it's true. And M did, and I, I truly, truly believe that Byron is the one that um, helped. He him. says through yeah. the grace of God. He got him through. Yeah. Um, Eminem's like highest point, lowest point and highest point of his career. Mm-hmm. And that ain't nothing to uh, 
to look down on because that could not have been easy. Yeah. Uh, it's a great interview. It really is. Like yes. I was um, just, I don't know. I was just so into everything he was saying, every story, every word. I mean, we grew up loving Eminem. Right? Yeah. <laughs> right? Um, so to hear someone talk about moments and crazy stories with him and with the crew and all this stuff, it was just crazy to hear. Like, you can't get stuff like this. Right. Unless, of course, you buy his book, Shady Business. That's right. But he even tells stories in this interview that he doesn't have in the book. Mm-hmm. But Shady Business is the book that he wrote about the time, yeah. with, you know, during the time that he... It has was with Eminem. Just if you like this interview, the book is I mean, the book has some nice stories. <laughs> yeah. Like just hearing the things you're like, what in the world? How did you live this life? Right. So um really Yeah. And Byron, like he's definitely more than just a bodyguard. Oh, of course. He is. Like well for he's like he's a very intelligent guy. Yeah. He is. Yeah. And he is way more than just street smart. Which he yes, has tons absolutely. of. absolutely. Like, tons of street smart, but he's way more than that. And he's an author. Mm-hmm. He just knows about so many things. And he's also, like, a professional bodyguard. Right. You know, not just one of those guys who are, like... Like a bouncer. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. It, that was perfectly what I was trying to get at. Yeah. He's not just, you know... I mean, he's big. Yeah. He's a big dude, but he's <laughs> more than just that. Yeah. He, uh, he went for some serious training. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had to with the work he was doing. Yeah. And uh, the interview's awesome. He talks about uh, his time living in Detroit, 8 Mile. Yeah. Um, just how he protected M. Um, why uh, guys weren't allowed backstage anymore. Right. <laughs> that was an entertaining story. Uh, yeah. You know, after shows, they used to have just after parties. And yeah, of course. Guys and girls. And he tells the story, story of... Yeah. Keep on listening. Oh man, that's uh, that's something. That's a story. Yeah, and uh, just ha- also how he went from like sitting him down, sitting Eminem down, and just like reading Bibles to him, and just mm-hmm. getting him through certain parts to learning how to sleep with with a gun. Yeah, that, imagine that being in uh, being like not tar so targeted, but having to live with that kind of like fear of something could happen right now. I got to be prepared. Right. And let me learn how to sleep with the gun and not shoot myself. Exactly. And because yeah. I would probably roll over and shoot myself. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> how many bad dreams do you have or nightmares and you're like, of, I don't know, getting chased and this and that. And yeah. Stuff, and you jump up. You know, and we don't even live the lifestyle that Byron right, lived. Right. Imagine living in his we're shoes. Just, we're just and, watching a scary movie and exactly, have this dream. Right. Yeah. So, uh, oh man, he, he, he tells all. He does not hold back here. Yeah. So it's awesome. And uh, you said you like how big into Eminem were we oh, and are we. Oh, man. Like, I don't know. How many times did I did I think I was Eminem? <laughs> being, being a white boy in the mean streets of Staten Shallon. Island. You know? In the mean streets of, of South Shore, Staten yeah. Island. GK, Great Kill, Staten Island. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know it. At um, least I was from the North Shore. Yeah. Well, I was closer to Wu-Tang. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. We got Wu Tang. That's right. S I M Y. We have some, you know. Wu Tang killer bees. Yeah, we do. We got some street cred. <laughs> Method Man. You know how we do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually have something in, in common with Eminem. 
You do. I do. Oh boy. And it's it's partly true. And he, I don't know if I I took I got it from him or he got it from me. But uh, real quick, I'll give you the breakdown and we get into this interview. But first of all, right, we have Marshall Mathers. Uh huh. Okay. He's like the professional side of right. Uh, oh, you know. I see where you're right? going. Right. I see. Right? Yes. Then we have Slim Shady, which is the crazy. Well, he's he's like the silly, goofy, right. funny. Right. You know, rapping about sleeping with his third grade teacher, <laughs> which I may or may not have in common with him. Stop it! I said may may not. <laughs> and then oh goodness, we have Eminem, which will just murder you. Right. You don't want to get on that side of, of him. So, so which one's which? So now I have Greg, which the is professional okay. podcaster. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, I run a professional podcast. <laughs> then I have AKA Pooh Bear, okay. who's the silly fun hang. Okay. You know, just hang, always cool. Yeah. Always nice with everyone. Mm-hmm. We'll take pictures and sign autographs and just kick it. Right. And then there's Crazy Greg. Right. And you don't want to get on Crazy Greg's side. See, I feel. What, that what do you feel? Pooh Bear and Crazy Greg are like split with being fun and silly and being like, I'll get you if I need to. Because think about Pooh Bear in the pit, don't mess with him. Yeah. And right. then Crazy Greg is, don't mess with him, but it's also, you're out of your mind. And some of the nonsense, crazy things you do in public right. that make me laugh. All right. Would that be. Because you're not in Pooh Bear, so... I mean, I guess we, I guess essentially it's one and the same, but it's, right. It's like, yeah, it's the same but different. It's it's all personas, and that's what me and, and M have in common. Yeah, I just have really nice, and then like 10% of me will be mean. Well, you, you're, you'd be more... I, how I'd be more of Eminem, you'd be more of like Dr. Jekyll and Mr., Mrs. Hyde. That's what you would be. Um, okay. Yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah. I'm going to swing at you for that. Yeah, because <laughs> it's the truth. But uh, anyway, listen, let's get into this interview let's because I think, honestly, as much as I, I like to think people come to listen to us, <laughs> I think they're here for Byron this, this so episode. Too. And oh. I would too. Yeah. So uh, let's take you down Eight Mile Yeah. with Byron Williams and his story being the bodyguard of Eminem. Yeah, let's do it. So uh, anything to say about this before we get into it? I'm excited for everyone to hear it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. This is this may take us like this is gonna put us to the next level. For sure. Regardless, I enjoyed it and I loved oh. it. All right. And little fun fact: Should I give it now or after? Ah. Uh, after. Yeah. You get the fun fact after the um, interview. So you have yeah. to not only you have to listen to us after. So I know you really just want to listen to Byron, but you actually have to listen to us talk after him All to right. get the fun facts. Fair enough. Don't forget, though. <laughs> I Don't forget. I won't. You're going you're gonna to let these people down. No, no, I got it. All right. And it better be fun. Wait, what was it? No, it be- it better be fun. That's all I'm saying. I think it's cool. Okay. All, all right. right. Enjoy. All right. Hey, Anything Goes Podcast, Crazy Greg, Alex, Byron Williams. Here it is. Enjoy it right now. So uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. Hello. What is going on out there? We are so like super excited for this one with the Anything Goes podcast. We have the man, Byron Williams. This is like a big, big, big deal here. 
Um, this guy has like one of the most impressive resumes out there. He does his thing. He's a busy man. He hustles. So uh, he's got so much going on. We'd love to hear all about it. So uh, Byron, want to introduce yourself? Tell us uh, what you do out there in this world. Okay. Hey, how y'all doing, man? Byron Williams, uh, the relationship bodyguard and also the former bodyguard to Eminem. I uh, was with him for the first two albums and uh, do my little shameless plug here. <laughs> Uh, Shady Business on Amazon.com along with my other five books. And uh, I tell you, man, I, I've been blessed to to live a pretty good life, man. Travel the world. Uh, well, not just him and some other stars. Also, believe it or not, uh, worked with Donald Trump um, wow. about 15 years ago. You know, not my proudest moment, but he paid good. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, man. So right now, you know, I'm just, uh, I'm doing more writing. Um uh, producing TV shows, you know, for pilots and stuff like that. So nice. you know, life is good, man. Good for you. Keeping busy. And now, uh, how's COVID been with all this, all these TV shows? and? Oh, know, man. You know, it's, it's, it's been very challenging. Um, I had one show that I had pitched to WeTV. I had a production deal. I won a contest with Real Screen. And long story short, the negotiation got a little hairy. Um, they wanted to be able to keep the idea in the event that they didn't sign it. So my thing is, if you don't pilot it, it needs to revert back to me. So right. even if I would have, if they would have did the pilot deal, I would still be in the same situation because COVID hit right after that. Right. So of course. Yes. Nobody, yeah. Yeah. Nobody's able to do anything. So what I did, I picked myself up by the bootstraps and got with some partners of mine and I produce uh, and host uh, a podcast called Relationship Bodyguard. And basically, it's a politically incorrect show that talks about everything from relationships to politics, business. Uh, I mean, you name it, man. There's no rock unturned. And right now, tomorrow, we do it every Monday at 11 o'clock yep. on Podcastic Fest. And we do it for an hour. And we talk about everything. Man. I had different people on the call in. And it's, it's, it's raunchy, man. It's raunchy, but it's political. It's funny. It's <laughs> kind of like the Black Rush Limbaugh. Okay. All right. <laughs> Well, I tell you, we, we, we love podcasts. We listen to all of them. So this is another one that uh that went into the list. I'm for sure going to check it out. Exactly. Uh, definitely exactly. a good time. Yeah. Um. Uh, so what makes somebody get into like the, the security business that, that you were in? Well, for me, when I was in college, uh, 1992, I knew when I graduated, um, I wanted to get in law enforcement. You know, I played, I played basketball in college. And when I graduated, I had started taking tests for like uh, Secret Service, CIA, FBI, ATL. Um, some of them tests was, oh my God. One test, man, FBI, I was like, I knew I failed that test, man. After I put my name on the test, you know what? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I kept trying. Uh, some of the tests I passed. Most of, actually, most of the tests I passed. But the way that it works, a lot of times you have to be lineage to get in. So right. you just end up being on the waiting list. So while I was waiting, um, I started working with a company locally here in Detroit that would bring artists into town, provide them security, pick them up from the airport, and basically just babysit them while they're here, take them to the mall, clubs, wherever you provide their security. And wow. I gained I gained a name from doing that. So I was doing that while I was waiting to get on with a department. And I did that for about seven years. And when I was getting ready to retire, believe it or not, I was getting ready to retire. I retired at 28. So I did it from 22. To 28, no, I retired. No. Then I got a call from Paul Rosenberg, which was Eminem's manager. Right, right, and right. And this one, he just came out with uh, My Name Is, you know, his first album. 
And they called me and said, hey, man, we heard you're the best in the business in Detroit. Will you come on and do, you know, will you work with him tonight? So I worked with him that night. It was a rave party in a, this huge abandoned warehouse. Well, of course, it was all kind of, you know, whippets and drugs and ecstasy. And <laughs> wow. I mean, yeah. Stuff that's not good for your diet, basically. And um, they had a guy that tried to attack him while he was performing. And long story short, I laid the guy out. Wow. So his ass laid there unconscious. Uh, I get a job offer. Hey, man, will you go on the road with us? Really? And, uh, yeah, sure, why not? So, you know, I stepped over the guy that, you know, laid him out and, uh, and went on stage, did the show. And the rest was history, man. Three days later, I was on tour with him, man. Wow. What a, what a change of events, you know, yeah. like took you there. Yeah, exactly. Jeez. Exactly. So, wow. you know, it was, it was fun, man. It was fun. Yeah. A lot of crazy stuff. You know, a lot of crazy stuff, man. And you know what? You hear about all those stories and this book, Shady it's Business. <laughs> yeah. And, and you, you have other books out as well. You know, that's not, you're an author these days, huh? Yeah. Well, you know, funny, this book right here right. Uh, was my first book. And I've written four more in addition to that. Um, Womanizer, Womanizer, The Uncomfortable Truth About Men and Marriage, uh, Umbilical, Mastering Life After Athletics and Husband Unleashed, which is a, an erotica based on true events. So, and then I have, yeah, I have a couple more books that I'm going to be writing, but I'm slowly transitioning into TV and movies full time. Got it. And yeah. what, what's like, what's, what do you like more? The, 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 the writing, the, the movies, the, the bodyguard stuff? What, what would be like your, if you could do well, you it know I, I, I give thanks for Eminem bringing me on as a bodyguard, but a lot of people don't know. Before I started working with Eminem, I was always a writer. Right. Um, I started writing in, in high school. I was a very good writer, but I was a horrible typist. So with me being on the basketball team, my the creative writing teacher was also the typist teacher. She said, Byron, one day you're going to be a great writer, but you suck at typing. So she would make <laughs> she would make me miss basketball practice to get my typing skills together and which means I would have to do more laps at practice because I was late so uh, name was Miss Knox and I still thank her to this day um so she planted a seed wow tell my age 35 years ago and that I had no idea that I would my first book would come out of working with Eminem so I think the process of me working it with him flushed out the remaining of the books that were right. that were Look at that. So, so a teacher had, you know, a big impact on you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Huge impact. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, what in the world was it like working with Eminem? Because that must have been like, I don't know. You probably can't. Even, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, oh, I know man. your book, but. Uh, I tell you what, man. It's, um, I wouldn't trade it for nothing in the world, man. Yeah. Oh, my God, man. I mean, nothing. I, I mean, All right. I have something that nobody can, nobody can duplicate. For um, sure. There's been there's been many bodyguards after me, but they were not there in the beginning. You know that right. raw um, part that just you know just grew into the fame. You know I was there yeah. when he when he had sold a million records, and when it went into five million records, uh, I was right. there when he was getting ten thousand dollars a night to a hundred thousand dollars a night. And that happened like in a week. It just, it just it switched so quick, quick story. We were in, we were doing shows in the US and then we got called to do a show in Mexico. So 
I don't even know if I put this. I don't think I put this story in the book, but I'm gonna tell it right here. Uh, we did the show. Yeah, we did the show in Mexico, and it was, it was they laid it all out, man. Come to find out, I'm not gonna mention no name. Some of the underground people put together this show for a said deal. Uh, it was only like three people at the show. So M did the show in the middle of the desert, and then he didn't get a chance to finish the show. Okay, the show's over with. I said, guys, get out of here. No way. Like, what is going on? And as we find out, that's his show was pretty much a front for a backdoor deal that had nothing to do with Eminem. Right. It just needed the distraction. Yep. yep. That's how he started getting paid his first hundred thousand dollars a show. No way. Wow. Yeah, it was hell getting out of that country too, man. Oh my God, man. You know, a lot of guys have bought a lot of weed, man. You know, the, the, the right, tour right. the tour uh, manager told us, hey, look, if you're gonna buy weed, make sure you smoke it here, get rid of it. When we get back to the border, it's gotta be gone. So we had one guy, he was a sign man out of uh, Cali. This guy was an asshole, man. Looks like I don't know if I was supposed to sit on, on your show, but you know, it's okay. It's real, it's okay. <laughs> Big Ziploc bag of weed, right? So right, right. we're heading back toward the border. And he still has this weed. So the manager is doing a sweep on the, on the bus, make sure everybody got the weed out of there. So this guy decided, I'm not throwing away the weed. He said, man, you got to get that weed off the bus. We're going to all go to prison. He said, well, you're in Mexico, man. They don't play that because now you, you're, you're trafficking. This guy starts to eat the weed. What? He's eating the weed. Goodness. I said, man, that's not a good idea. So we get to the border. We're getting ready to get out. Dispose everything on on the bus. He threw the remainder of it out. He's not high yet. <laughs> um, border patrol, you know, Mexican border patrol. They come on the on the on the bus. Now their their drug dogs are great Danes. So the dogs damn near look at me in my eye. I'm six eight. <laughs> so can you imagine dog these these drug dogs? Yeah, great Danes just sniffing you all over the place, man. Wow, that's scary. Yeah, that's no it joke. It was crazy. So that they got us lined. So they told us everybody off the bus. So we're all lined up outside. So I'm the second from the last. The guy who ate the weed is next to me. Jeez. So now, mind you, I'm the only black guy on tour. So I was like, man, you know, I don't need you doing no illegal activity standing next to me. I don't want no confusion, man. So the dogs are going down the line smelling each one of us. And all we had to say was, uh, you say your name and you say your citizenship. Okay. So when it got to the guy, it got to the, to the guy who ate the weed, mm -hmm. he didn't remember his name. All he could say was a slurred United States of America. Uh, United States of America. That's all he can remember. And the dog started going crazy. They put him in handcuffs. They took him off and we got out of there. No way. So really, I don't know. To this day, we don't know what happened to that guy. You haven't seen him since? No, I haven't seen him since, man. <laughs> it's his fault, man. He did that to himself, man. Yeah. Wow. Hey, there's no weed that important. No, no, no. And to be stuck out there in Mexico? Yeah, no. man. Hey. I don't know if the guy got free or became dog food. I'm not sure, man. I don't... <laughs> That's an awesome story. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So, Was that like one of the craziest things you've seen? Um, no, no, Oh man, that was, that was up there. Um, let's see. One of the stories I talk about in the book, um, was a guy that in Pittsburgh, this guy wanted to get backstage. He had this big tattoo on the top of his head. It was the Eminem mushroom tattoos. Wow. 
Wow. The first we thought it was first we thought it was a skinhead, but he was he was just a crazy fan. But he had this Eminem tattoo that you know it said shrooms on it. Right. And so Em was like, Man, this guy's crazy, man. Bring him backstage. So mm. you're gonna bring him backstage, you know. We got women back there, girls, groupies, you know, people party. It turns into an after party backstage. So right. this guy tells me, he taps me, he said, Hey, he said, Hey, big fella, um, tell him, you know, I wanna, I wanna snake bite him. I said, Yeah, <laughs> man, snake bite. What? He said, Yeah, tell him I wanna snake bite him. I said, oh. I said, I don't know what that means. I said, Em, I said, Hey, this guy. I on his forehead, man. He, you know, he, he want to kick it with you, man. He said, what does he want? I said, he's, he said he wants snake bites. He said, man, I had a guy come over to talk to me. So the guy comes over to M, and he's talking to M, and I'm standing right there, and he leans into M's ear. He said, dude, I want to snake bite you. So M's like, what? Excuse me, like, I got to tell the story as it happened. He says, what the fuck is that? <laughs> I said, dude, I want to suck you. So uh, it was like, uh, man, uh, get uh, the uh, guy uh, out of here, man. So uh, they think I'm uh, <laughs> I grab him. Uh, I grab him, man. I got him over my head, man. We kicked the door open, man. We threw him out. And then M wanted all the dudes out out of the out of the green room, yeah, man. So we kicked yeah. all the guys out. The women stayed, and that began the <laughs> new sausage party, man. <laughs> no more guys were allowed backstage. Yeah, man. that guy had to ruin it for everyone. Yeah, yeah. You I mean, you know, hanging backstage and just being there. It was every night was something different, man. Um, every night was something different. Something different. What yeah, a lifestyle, huh? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. It was great, man. It was great. It's a lot of fun. So you being around all that, and you know, M and and Kim and Haley and all that, did it make you miss your family back at home when you were? Oh man, dude, it was it was terrible. Matter of fact, um, you don't really think about those things until you lay down and put your head on the pillow at night. Right. Um, or when you're on a tour bus, you're on a tour bus and you just see the trees going past. That's just when people are just kind of like somber. They're thinking or they're writing or they're on the phone. That's when you miss family the most. Or when you lay in your hotel room, you know, you, you think about that. But when you got the rush and the hustle and bustle going, you're not thinking about that. Right. You know, when it slows down, I think the hardest part for me on the road when I left my my second son, who was 22 years old, well, he'll be 22 in January, he was two months old when I left. And the weekend that I left, he was supposed to get, uh, he, he got christened. And I left the day that he got christened. So when you see the family photos, mm. there's an obvious missing spot where I supposed to stand. So while I was on the road, I was on the road Four months when I left, he was two months. The next time I seen him, he was six months. I didn't see my son wow. for months. So I got my my wife at that time. She called me. She said, um, she said your son wants to talk to you. So I'm on the phone, and the first time I heard him say, "Dad, uh. I was in New York, and he was here." I almost quit that day. I don't blame you. That's oh man, it was rough, man. It was rough. It was rough. Well, do your kids know like how cool you actually are now? Did they appreciate all all what you did for them? Oh man, I'm just dad, man. <laughs> Come on. Come on. I'm, I'm telling you, man, I'm just I'm just dad. I, you know, is I the only time that I got some recognition. Yeah. My son, my oldest son went to a job interview. 
<laughs> and the guy was interviewing him, and he's the guy just felt like a familiarity with my with my son, man. He said, uh -huh. man, he said that name, Byron Williamson. He said, man, mm. he said, he said, and you look like this guy. He said, I can't put my finger on it. And then then the, the guy, it was for like an insurance company, the guy says, he said, did your dad, is, do you know a guy named Byron Williams that used to work for, for Eminem? He said, that's my dad. He said, wow, oh, man. He said, you know what? Look at this. And the guy reaches in his drawer. He said, your dad wrote this book? He said, that's my dad. He said, you know what? Forget about the interview. You got the job. Tell me about your dad. <laughs> Wow, how awesome. All right. So then my, my son comes on. I said, see, I told you I was somebody, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, if they don't know, tell them to come here. I, I'll tell them who you are. I'll tell yeah, them. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Man. <laughs> they don't know. They don't know yeah, yet. So, so all these celebrities that, that you, you know, hung with and kicked it with, and they don't want to give you no, no street cred for it. Well, you know what? I think I get a lot of, um, I get a lot of quiet credit. Because a lot of times people don't want to, they don't want to shake the tree that they're being fed from. Mm. So, you know, I get calls from time to time or I run into people at the airport. Hey, man, you know, I wanted to reach out to you, but dude, man, we really appreciate that book you wrote, man. You exposed a lot of stuff and it only got worse after you left. Right. Be glad that you left when you did because this mm. happened, that happened. We got screwed over on this and I was like, well, man, you know, the, the book was not intentionally wrote to try to hurt, you know, to try to hurt Eminem. The right. book was wrote because at that time he refused to pay me the money that was owed to me after I resigned. I didn't get fired. I resigned. Right. You know, so and that's, you know, that's been like the biggest um, myth about me working with him. I resigned and I went back to my job at GM. Right. Yeah. Wow. Have you spoken to him since? You know, I've run into his people at um, at when Proof passed away, Proof's funeral. Um, you know, I'm still cordial with some of the guys. I see him from time to time, but you know, I got my own life now, man. You know, I don't want anything from them. Uh, they don't need anything from me. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I've I've talked to their people on a couple of different occasions in regards to trying to uh, secure uh, a movie deal. I have some people that have been interested, but the thing is, they don't want to do the movie deal if Eminem is not on board. Uh, I don't necessarily have to have him to do it, but right. I think what they want to do, they want to fuse his childhood and this all together to make it one big movie. So, you know, my people, my attorneys reached out to them and they was like, well, you know, we, we don't want to do it. I said, okay, well, <coughs> you know, what can you do? Yeah. yeah. You do? It's still going to get done though, man. All right. Well, listen, you got a lot going. You're, you're super motivational and influential for us and you know we we so, see all that you do and and we we're fans so oh yeah i appreciate that man. yeah and appreciate uh so, so we saw that you read your bible back you know to them to avoid all the crazy stuff happening and, oh yeah yeah, yeah so, a lot of so. i had him uh, <laughs> i had him actually reading the bible uh one particular day uh while wearing a mix, a mixed Satan shirt. It was, it was a shirt that that uh -huh. emulated the McDonald arches. Right. It said mixed Satan, and we sat down and I had him had him reading the Bible. You know, he wasn't like you know we weren't holding like Bible study or nothing like that. But from time to time, when he was yeah. going through certain things, I would have him read. You know, hey man, read this man. Give you a little strength. Read that. Read this. Um, 
even on the roads every on the road every night in my hotel room on a tour bus, I will always I will always read my Bible. But then also too, I was I'm always been the type of person with the Bible in one hand and the gun in the other. So it's like, you know, wow. I can bless you or I can blast you. I mean, you know, <laughs> shot first, I'll read you your last rites, you know. But I don't want to, you know, I don't want to have to do that. So yeah, I go yeah, to the, yeah. the Bible keeps keeps me, you know, you know, it keeps me intact uh, for the most right. part. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Some some lifestyle, huh? Oh yeah, man. It's, it's, you need both. You, yeah. you definitely you can't go out there with like some kind of strong spiritual uh, background to keep you to keep you honed in to what you're supposed to do because you you deal with a lot of principalities, man. A lot of evil people in the industry, man. Oh my goodness, man. Mm. Oh, they're horrible. Mm. But you have to deal with them because they're the gatekeepers to where you where you're trying to go. Right. I guess they just see dollar signs. Huh? That's it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, and they're seeing dollar signs, and they want to see how they can extort, you know, the artist, or the bodyguard, or the manager, anything to take more of your percentage to make them top heavy in the industry. Yeah, yeah, it's a shame. It, it's sad. Yeah, you know, it's the same way. It's the same way in music, TV, books, you name it. It's it's all the same. It's all the same industry. Yep. So, uh, <clears throat> and you're a pretty big guy over there. Any, any, uh, workout training tips you have for, for anybody? You know what? To, uh... I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you what I, what I've done recently, man. I gave up the red meat. Um, I gave up, um, I gave up pork a long time ago and, uh, contrary to, you know, mythical belief, I don't eat chicken. You know, I gave up chicken. <laughs> I'm actually I'm actually allergic to chicken. You know, can you believe it? I love the smell, but I can't eat it. Um, it makes it, it makes me sick. So pretty much everything I do is a plant-based diet. Uh, I do I do some fish, occasionally some lamb. You know, but for the most part, man, I just I do that, and then I uh, I work out about about five days a week. Yeah, five days a week, about an hour each day. Wow. Probably about a third of that is cardio. Right. Couple of days a week, I do heavy just to make sure I'm still strong, you know. Uh, and other than that, man, just all I'm, I'm just trying to cut the grass with no shirt on, man, you know. <laughs> I get that. Yeah, that's all I want, man. Did you get a chance to see the Mike Tyson fight last night? Oh, I loved it, man. Yeah, huh? Did you see it? Yeah, we watched it. We did. It was great, man. It was. You know, it was I tell you what, man, they inspired me, man. This guy's what, 54, 50, yeah. 54 yeah. and 51? They had me thinking, you know. I got one year eligibility left, man, for college basketball, man. I might go back and get it. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. What 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 yeah. position did you play? Believe it or not, I was a center. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean Yeah, I was a center, but by today's standard, that's 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 short. Yeah, you have to be over seven feet, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. I used to be able to jump out of the gym, man. You know, I used to have like a 44-inch vertical. Now it's probably like four inches. You know, so. <laughs> back in the day, huh? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah that was about, about hundred pounds ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> funny. You, you ever meet Tyson? Um, no, I've seen him in passing doing okay. details. Yeah. Um, nice. He has an aura about him, man. It's huge. It's, it's energy. It's yeah. energy. That dude is special, man. He he was built for that, man. For sure. Yeah. We actually. We, we, he did like a, <clears throat> we're from New York, so we saw him on Broadway. He did like a one-man show on Broadway telling a story. 
And then How we got was to that? It was interesting. He did a good job up there. He was entertaining. Oh, he was funny. He he told a lot of stories, and you know, we grew up not too far from where he grew up, so um, yeah, he told a lot of stories there. Showed pictures. Spike Lee directed it. Okay. And yeah. Was, and then we got to. He did a book signing in Brooklyn, so we got to uh, meet him there and get one of his books signed. And okay. Yeah, you could. I mean, like you said, you just walk in a room and you can just feel Tyson's in it. Even if you don't see him, you just feel like he's. Yeah. In it. And yeah. yeah, it feels it feels like something about to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he was so nice. I mean, he's he's a scary dude, but but he's nice. He we spoke yeah. to him a bit and yeah. So yeah, most definitely for sure. Yeah. Um, so when all this is said and done a hundred years from now, what do you want Byron to be remembered as? The guy that kept Eminem alive, man. Yeah, huh? and that that was his. Uh, I was his. I was his guardian angel, man. I was his. I was his saving grace because I was with him in the most pivotal time of his career. You know, uh, I was there when Suge was coming after him. Death Row Records was coming after him, and I was in the middle of that. So you add that, and then the East Coast West Coast beef, and yep. then the ICP, and then the Tank Abbott situation. Uh, they were all coming at him from different sides all in the same era. So like Monday, you might get Death Row. Tuesday, you might get Tank Abbott. You might have a day off. Then Thursday, you got ICP. And then, you know, Friday, Saturday, you have off. And then it's Death Row again on Sunday. It's just like, it's a rotating schedule, man. What do you even do, like, in, in your shoes to protect him? Like, that's almost impossible. You did it, it's, but that's yeah. crazy. I'm going to tell you, man, it was, it was by the grace of God and um, a lot of prayer, a lot of training. Like when M was asleep, I would get up and go to the gun range. Um, a lot of people don't know. I I did the first eight weeks of the police academy academy out there in California, just okay. to, you know to get certified in the civility part of it to make sure if something goes down, if I have to do this, I do everything within the regulations of the law. Uh, I got certified in California to be able to carry you know across the United States. So mm -hmm. you have a lot of guys that are just security. And you have guys that are professionals, and you know, and I was I was always a professional. So, right. so while he was asleep, I was learning. So by the time he get up, when he gets up, we hitting the road. Yeah. So you know, it was it was interesting, man. And then a lot of times too, like at night, I had to take my shower at night. Take my shower at night. Right. Get fully dressed. Okay. Put my put my boots at the end of the bed, and then learn how to sleep with my guns without shooting myself. Jeez. Because if you have to go and reach for your gun and yeah. the people that were that were coming at us, it's already too late. Yep. It's yeah. already too late. Wow. And you know, there were times I also had to tell housekeeping, tell them at no time to enter that room. You know, they clean the room when we're not there. <laughs> it's, you know? Yeah. I don't even have to go into detail of the things that could happen, you know. Uh, no, I, I hear, yeah. Yeah. Um, I always had to make sure M had, all the rooms had to have an adjoining door from right. my room to his. They can never be locked at any given time. Um, so that way, if something was going on, I need to check on him or, you know, if he had company or something. Okay, he falls asleep. You got to go now. Yes. Okay. Right, right. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, yeah, I guess I, I guess you could say it was... Uh, it's a paid cop blocker, you know, in some sense, you know. Right, right. Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, yeah. 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 Wow. 
And, uh, and any uh, advice or motivation for somebody who wants to be a bodyguard? And... Ooh, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it's an interesting business, man. For any young guys that's coming into the game, um, it's not a career. It's not a career. If you want to travel, it's a good opportunity to travel. It's a good opportunity to meet people and network. Uh, the reason why I took on the, the job as the bodyguard is because at that time I was heavy in the music industry. So this would be the best time for me to get in and get meetings with Jimmy Iovine and you know Tony Green and all, all these different people, the liars of the, of the business. So while in was sleep, I would you know go out and pitch deals early in the morning, get back because in wouldn't get up to like one two o'clock. So I had all morning. I had to go shop. I could do whatever I want. Man. <laughs> right, right, right. But I knew when I came back, it was going to be from 2 p.m. to about 5 a.m. in the morning. So I, I tell guys, if this is what you're looking to do, get all the legal training that you can, be able to right, carry, right. know the laws, know the rules of each state, because each state is different. Wow, interesting. Yeah. Be smart and um, have fun, but have a long a long-term plan because after I left them there, after I left them there, I got a job with the uh, with the state of Michigan. So, you know, doing some law enforcement. Mm -hmm. That's where you are now, right, Detroit? Yep, yep, yep. So, so how's that eight mile? Is that uh, is that all we hear about? Is yeah, it's it's the truth, man. It was it's always been a racial divide. Uh, it's more so better now because a lot of a lot of the blacks and minorities have moved across eight mile. Because um, the way it's set up, it's like in certain parts of the city, it goes six miles, seven mile, eight mile, all the way down to about, say, 20 mile road. Um, but eight mile was always the racial divide where you had mayors in the suburban cities that didn't want blacks or minorities coming into that region because of fear of crime. So they were set up like speed traps and stuff like that. At one, at one point, they had an actual wall that was built to make sure people would not come into their neighborhood. It's a historical wall that actually goes from eight mile and it also it encompasses and comes into the city as well. No way. Yeah. yeah. It's still there, that wall? The wall is not, it's not there in its entirety, but people right. have saved portions of the wall as an artifact. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. So what, what was the movie pretty accurate of what, uh, of what you witnessed, the, the eight mile movie? Well, see, uh, the Eight Mile movie, a lot of the stuff that, that I seen in that was the things that happened prior to me getting Got hired it. with him. Right, so right, that was right. him. Yeah. That was him on the underground. Right. Now, when the Eight Mile movie came out, I actually got a call from the producers uh, before it came out when he when he signed the deal. And they, they approached me and asked me would I be interested in selling the rights or licensing the rights to the book. I was like, hell yeah, let's do it. <laughs> right. So, right. Um, yeah. So they came to me and then they went to, you know, they went to Eminem's team and then they came back and said, well, they said they don't want to do it. I said, okay, that's fine, man. I said, but understand this. Don't get caught up in plagiarism. Mm. Even right. though that's him. Yep. Yep. I documented 1999. You might want to start at 2001. 1999, which is very pivotal. And man, I'd be willing to work with them guys, man. I've reached out to them dozens of times, not just for business, but hey, to bury the hatchet. Hey, man, let's move forward. We're getting older now, man. You know, mm -hmm. exactly. let's, let's, let's have a drink. Let's go get a cigar. 
Yeah. Let's make amends. I'm over it, you know, yeah. but. Well, I hope, you know, one day all this can pass over because you seem like. Oh, yeah. Good Most you, definitely. Sure. I mean, we, we could tell right away that, you know, you're heading the right direction and you got. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that, man. Yeah, we, um, so anything else you got going on? I see, you know, TikTok and uh, podcast and books and TV shows. And what, 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 what could people, where can they find you? Yeah, well, they can find me on uh, on Facebook under the V Relationship Bodyguard. Okay. Uh, that is my, um, that's my, my little home area where I post all my podcasts. And then you can check me out every Monday on Podcastic, which is also on Facebook, Facebook Live, um, the Relationship Bodyguard Show. And we do that every Monday at 11 a.m. So you can tune in live at that and we do that for an hour. Um, and we talk so much, we talk so much trash, but it's followed up with some jokes and politics and <laughs> We have a lot of fun, man. We yeah, have a lot yeah. of fun. So it's two guys and there's two females. So you always get an even point of view and we get a little bit of perfect. And uh, so we got everybody on that show. My buddy Arnell, he's the older guy. He's the philosopher and the historian. I'm the, uh, I, I don't want to say I'm the ass, but people tell me that I am. <laughs> I guess I would say I'm the smart ass. Right. Right. You know, I, I give you a little bit of both, and I give you some jokes and stories. And then, of course, the late what the one lady, uh, Danny, the comedian, Danny Haha, the comedian, she always she evens me out because she's more spiritually based. So you know, right. she tried to keep me from cussing. I tried to influence her to cuss. <laughs> uh, you gotta get then, going. It sounds like a good, uh, good. Yeah, job. it's fun, man. And yeah. then we have uh, we have a female engineer. She's really good. Her name is uh, Tamisha Holly. And uh, she's probably the most energetic out of everybody in the show. She tries to take over the show, but I love her. Um, right. she, she's good people, though. We were very good, a good mesh. Because it's like, it's three generations of podcasters on there. That's awesome. Boomers, millennials, yeah. and Xers. So, you know, so it's, it's cool, man. It's, it's three different point of views, man. Awesome. We're definitely going to check it out. We're going to plug that. We're going to tag it and... Uh link it to this episode so people can check it out real easy okay and, i appreciate you man so so one, one final question then you, you, you ever meet tupac uh, actually that was my first detail come on really that was my first detail man uh, uh, uh 1992 1992 1993 michigan state uh that's the concert you can look it up that's the concert yeah. where he beat the promoter with a baseball bat because <laughs> the guy didn't pay him now, okay, yeah. so what you're thinking, you know, if I'm, I wasn't directly on him, but our right. company did that security, and you know, pot kind of runs quick, so you know, anybody, yeah. the guy didn't want to pay him, but yeah, he he beat the guy with the baseball bat, man. Uh -huh. This is at Michigan State. That was my very first detail, man. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. I've worked with a lot of people, man. One of the books that I'm going to be working on, I haven't gotten a name for it yet, but it's going to be. It's going to be all the stories of different people that I've worked with over the past 25 years. Um, everything from like politicians to female actresses, um, <laughs> R&B artists. I mean, you name it, man. I, you know, I'm not going to say any names, but I've, I've had a okay. few of them ladies try to, you know, try to give me a little bit, you know. <laughs> but I, I, I decline. I decline. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, sometime I, I second guess myself what I was thinking. But I was married, but now I'm divorced. So now that I'm divorced, I'm like, I should have hit that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, you, you, you're still a young fit guy, so, you know, it might not be too late. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm 50 now, but that was when I was, like, 23, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but you know what? I, so that's going to be a fun book. I'm really yeah. looking forward to writing that one. I might even just, I might even do that when it's, like, maybe a documentary. Okay. And maybe it's a documentary. I think that would probably be a little bit more fun. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, Byron, my man, thank you so much for doing this. This was great. This was like super entertaining. And uh, yes, yes. You got so much going on. You're, you're a hustler, and it's nice to see you still thank doing Thank you, man. Hey, let's do this again, man. Let's, let's do this listen, again. Anytime you want, anytime you have something new coming out, you let us know, and we'll for sure, we'll, we'll help get the word out best we can. Okay. Thanks for Hey, y'all go pick up that book. All right, business. business. Yeah. And uh, All right. anytime you're, you're in New York, hit us up, which will, you know. I'm going to do that. I got family over there. All right, awesome. But I, I promise there'll be no no no, no snake bites, okay? All right, just pick up that book. All right, man. Thanks a lot. Podcast. <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate it. We'll talk soon. <laughs> All right. All right. Peace. Bye. Take it All easy. Hey, Alex. Yeah? Tell these fine-looking people where they can find us. Well, they could find us on Instagram at AnythingGoesPodNY, on Twitter at AnythingGoesNY, and shoot us an email at AGPodNY at gmail.com. That's right. And y'all can listen to all of our episodes on any streaming platform where podcasts can be found. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review. Because anything goes with Greg and Alex. Phone home, phone home, phone home! I tell you. What? Out of the 50-something episodes we've recorded... Mm -hmm. and all the interviews we did if I could like have been there for one person's career oh my goodness this would have been the one the only reason I mean yes but the only reason I'm like hell no is because holy crap how scary was I it I know but like how awesome like yes. don't get me wrong I'm like I wish I could be like yeah I'd be a part of it but somehow know that I'm like 100% safe. <laughs> if I could do that. Yo, man, the, the, the man, the man hung with, like was there for Tupac too. That's insane. Jeez. He saw so much yeah. and he's young. He is young. He is, that's like the, the craziest part of it right? all. Like he did so is much. Everything he's been through and saw and all that, he, yeah. uh, he's still a young guy and he yeah. still has so much going on for himself yeah. and so much that he's doing and it's like he I don't know when his final when the final chapter of his book is written mm -hmm. man what 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 a, it's what gonna a be, life it's gonna be some thick book I'll tell you that much <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh he was such a cool dude he really was I wasn't well you want my fun fact uh now nah, let's skip that Fine. Let's jerk. let's just you jerk. Let, let's just whatever. All right, you promised the people we got to do it. We got it. If you say it, you got to do so, it. So my fun fact is this interview actually was done a little bit differently.
a lot differently. Yes. So it wasn't done like all of our other interviews, which is over the phone or, you know, something in that area. Right. It was actually done over Zoom. Yes. So our- you and Byron were face or camera to camera, but face to face. Yeah. Our first official Zoom uh, interview. Yeah. We've done in person. Right. We've done in front of haunted houses. We've done in right. in offices. Yeah, we've, we've done, done over, over the, the phone. phone. We've done in the car over the phone. We've done all over, yeah. yeah. And this was the first official yeah. Zoom one. So um it was a, I was actually there for it. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't in like the shot of it cuz I felt like it would have been weird to have two of us in mm. one box. So I was like, "Greg, do your thing." Yeah. And I was able to enjoy it. Well, yeah, well, that actually, if, you know, anybody sees the clips, there's certain points where I'm like, oh, my goodness. And I look over like, did you just hear that? (laughs) Yes, yes. Yeah. So if if I keep looking out of camera to the side, it's you to be like, oh, my goodness. Like, is this is this really happening right now? Yeah. Is it like, is he really like, think about this. It was hard. So, again, like we're talking to the guy who protected Eminem during his craziest like like his prime days yeah like his prime like fame yeah and ish. and for for me and for many 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 people out there Eminem is going to go down as the greatest rapper ever oh he is i mean absolutely so it's just crazy it's like i, love I don't him. know i listen i've loved him he, okay so I've loved him since the TRL days. <laughs> so obviously, I wasn't old enough back when he like first came about, you know. But I, I, even when he made fun of my Britney Spears and my NSYNC, I still loved him. Okay, I was one of those fangirls. Like, oh my god, Eminem's on TRL this Wednesday. I need to make sure I'm home from school, right. sitting down in front of my TV watching. For sure. Yeah, and sure. I always rooted for his videos to be like number one all that stuff like that yeah which is the other side of it to see you know a teenage Um, girl's like point of view this is going to be an unpopular story right here oh boy but me and you actually went and saw him and i'm in concert right and we left after him Mm -hmm. and who is performing after him jay-z yeah and we left we did because because how do you follow up Emma? i know I know that's going to be so unpopular. We're going to get tons of hate for that, but I don't care. I don't know if we will. Maybe to be not, honest. I mean, if but, we do, we do. Yeah. But I'm okay with it. But uh, yeah, we we saw M and then we left when when Jay Z was coming yeah. on. I think we stayed for like two songs just to. I just wish it was like. I don't know. Yeah. It just. It's I'm not so big into Jay Z. Yeah. I've never really been. Right. Um, and I've seen, um, geez. Yeah, I'm so jealous of one story of you uh, seeing him. There's, there's a couple, but uh, I saw him with, with Jen, my sister, and, and brother-in-law Frank. Frank's like even a bigger Eminem fan than I am, mm-hmm. which is crazy to think because I'm big into him. And I, <laughs> I went to Radio Shack. Wow. That, that was, this was pre-internet days when you couldn't buy tickets online and you had to go and uh and so obviously wait i wasn't outside. born yet no, I'm yeah sorry. so this is before you were born <laughs> and eminem was coming to continental airlines arena in new jersey okay which it's called something else now i don't even know that's where the devils play 
Yeah, I think yeah. it's Prudential Center now or something. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. A NASA Coliseum, one of those, whatever. And, something um, Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> and tickets went on sale. So I went out there like super early, waited in line in, in the cold and it was probably raining, whatever. And I went into to the little office where they sell the tickets, a little mm-hmm. booth inside. Well, I guess it was the register at that time. At that, <laughs> yeah. yeah, Radio Shack. And I was kind of talking to the guy and like, come on, bro. Like, I've been waiting so many hours. You like, pulled a Greg. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, pull, I pulled That's a Greg. That's what my family yeah. knows it as, pulling a Greg. <laughs> Literally, they use that term. I'm not kidding. And uh, I talked the guy into it and I got VIP. Like, not not just general admission floor tickets, because it was a big arena, like 25,000 right. people, and there's seats, and then there's the floor, and there's the VIP floor, wow. which is like a sectioned off right in front of the stage, like elbows on the stage for, for Eminem, and, and that's where we were. So he like, uh, Ludacris was there, I remember, and, and uh, uh, yeah, and we were like... Like, s- what year was slept. this? This was like... About- Oh man, like early, early two thousands. Wow. Like early two thousand. Maybe maybe it was two thousand. Yes, yeah, so I, may- I was literally like ten. Yeah, maybe two thousand. And then I saw him on the anger management tour at Limp Biscuit. That was oh, man. like the tour of tours. I'll tell you, so I am five years younger than Greg. Right. And when I tell you those five years killed me musically. <laughs> yeah. I just caught good music. Just caught the tail mm. end of it. But I missed so many great shows and just music moments. And like, you know, of course I grew up with, you know, all the stuff I liked. But I wasn't able to go in and really enjoy it because I was young. Right. And, it's, and like hearing some of the show, like Limp Bizkit and Eminem, what? Yeah, like, do oh you know the God. amount of money I would pay for that today? And this was prime Eminem right. in his career. And prime Limp Bizkit exactly. in their career. Like, today, what I would do to go back and, and you know, relive that show. Yeah. Um, so I actually have two things to touch upon the interview. Well, so many. Okay. But two things I want to I wanna speak on. Mm-hmm. First of all, all right. So should I go the, the Winnie the Pooh way or should I go the Crazy Greg way? Ooh. W- which one you want me to do first? Crazy Greg. Crazy Greg. So, so you want me to bring it to Byron? You want me to bring it right now to him? Sure. Because I'll bring it. Because this is the Anything Goes podcast. This is Anything Goes with Greg and Alex. And I'll bring it right There's now. There's Crazy Greg. He's you want out. me to bring it? He's I'll out already. It. All right. He's here. Down now. He's here. He's here. So Byron, what's up? <laughs> um... As you all heard, he was a basketball player, <laughs> and he's thinking of making a comeback. Oh, yeah. He is. He says he's eligible for one more year That's right. to go into to college, to play some college ball. Right. And he was inspired by Mike Tyson to make a comeback. That's right. And Byron, you want some of this? <laughs> Come get some of this, because I'm known to, uh, to play some street ball myself. Mm-hmm. I'm known for that, and I got a hoop right outside my house right now. Yep. So you come out here in the one foot of snow that we're dealing with right now, the <laughs> nor'easter, and you bring it, and I'll bring out the ball, and me and you go one-on-one. Actually, our hoop right is here, like right now. on our grass, because legally we can't have it in the street right this second. Yeah. But yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll put it we'll back in the up. street. We'll pick, me and you can handle that. You're a big dude. You can pick up the hoop. <laughs> I'll be the ref. All right? I'll be the ref. So you come down here, you pick up the hoop, I'll lower it to like six feet, and I'll dunk. <laughs> I will. I'll dunk on a six-foot hoop. Say I won't. You've dunked on like a 10-year-old kid before. Yeah. I dunked right over. I mean, it was a six-foot hoop, but I dunked right over. <laughs> Two hands and all, and I hung on the rim. 
And I made him cry. He did. He did cry. <laughs> did he or did he not cry? I, Alex, scouts on did the kid cry or did he the cried. kid not cry? He cried. Tell me he cried. he cried. He cried and he ran back to the neighbor's house and he cried to his mama. And that is the truest story I will ever tell in my life. <laughs> he did. I'm, he I cried know. to I his can, mom. I can vouch for you. Please, yeah. And that's true. He Listen, he was one of those kids that needed to lose. <laughs> he did. He, he did. You could tell he was always kind of just like, Oh, we'll just let him win because, you know, we don't want to yeah. get him upset. No, 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 no. Kids need to lose in life. Listen, I-, I would play sports my whole life. My brother would not let me win. No. No, he did not. And then what did it he do? Wouldn't. It made you better than him. And now he would never beat me in any sport. <laughs> Realistically, he wouldn't. I-, I-, I got to the point. I, yeah. I got to the point maybe 10 years ago where oh, it was definitely. like, all right, that's it. I turned the corner and he is never beating me in anything ever again. Right. So that's what happens. But I did. I made the kid cry. Yeah. So Byron, I'm not saying I'll make you cry. I'm not saying I'll dunk on you, but I'll just dunk. But he's you know saying, what I'm like, saying he's saying you can come and do to him what he did to the little kid. Yeah, I mean I just don't know. Well, maybe. But but I'll go one on one with you. I will. Right. I will. I could I could I could ball. <laughs> I was no you know, actually, I uh what year was this? Maybe 1996. Oh my goodness! I was 12 years old. I brought my my JCC team <laughs> to the championships. True story. I did. I brought them to championships. The Jewish Community Center, starring <laughs> Crazy Greg, number five, the point guard, brought them to championships. Then I broke my ankle. Of course you did. And they lost in championships. Oh. That's a true story. It's like a Zach Morris story. Yeah, that is. Mr. Belding broke my ankle. <laughs> but that's true. I brought the championships and they lost because no. I broke my ankle. Anyway, um, so I'm known to ball. So Byron, you want some? Let's do it. I'm ready when you are. Come on Let, down to New York. Yeah, let's do it for real. You want to make a comeback? Uh, I, I'm with it. And look how good Tyson did. Right? I'll train with you. Tyson looked good. He did. He did. Um, all right. And the other thing that stood out to me in the interview was that he was inspired and a teacher had a big impact in his life. Yeah. And that's dope. That's That touches, what is it, that touches home? Touches yeah, home? I mean, that hey, right saying? You, may, you may not know I'm a teacher, yeah. so that's, that's cool to hear that we actually do make a difference in lives. Yeah, definitely. You know? Mm-hmm. So that was nice to hear. So I appreciate that. All right. Um, anyway, about this interview, about Byron. Yeah. He's like, he's just a cool dude. And uh, I hope his kids actually do know <laughs> how awesome of a guy he is. Kids never know how cool their parents are. I know, but come on, man. Right? This is... I mean, no, no, come on. Like, kids ah. these days, they know who Eminem is. Everybody knows. I mean, I would I would think. Yeah. No, know, you know. he's still around. He's still dropping That's songs. That's what I'm saying. And, yeah. like, they know who Eminem is. So eventually, friends have to have to be like wait a second your dad worked with Eminem like yeah you should know how cool your dad like it has to be like said. not even worked with him it's not like oh I I produced a song no like, no whatever. I'm saying what I mean yeah. with I mean like physically yeah he protected he was like his guardian angel yeah you know yeah for sure like almost literally yeah yeah I know so uh for real like um I don't know. I'm a big fan of Byron now. I really, really yeah. am. He's just so oh, he laid was such back. such a nice guy. Yeah. He, he really was. Such a sweet... Like, it's funny, for such a big guy, I feel like he's such a sweet, 
person. Like right. he really is. Right. But a lot of times, you know, that, that's what it is with these guys who can really defend themselves. Mm-hmm. They don't need to be all this like talk and this and that because their actions speak when it needs to be. You know? Right. Exactly. It's they these, are who they are. Right. And when that crazy side of them needs to come out, it comes out. Yep. But uh, he was just super down to earth. And I would love to have him back. Yeah, I feel like there was so much more. What? That he has in his memory that. What? Yeah. Yeah. So I would love to have him, like, I don't know. I feel like we should have a a season. Like, we're in season three right now. Right. I feel like we should have a season where we touch back on all of our, like, favorite. That's tough because it would be everywhere. I'll talk about this. How about seasons four, five, and six? are all Eminem stories. <laughs> and all Byron stories of things he's experienced right? in his life. That's funny. How about that? <laughs> That's great. Um, yeah, no, I don't know. He's just cool, and I'd love to have him back. Just even if, listen, even if it's not Eminem talk, even if it's just him, and just he's super inspirational. And, yeah, even you know, if we just have him back. Exactly. And he could just... just to- Talk about anything that... Right. Like, hey, we're choosing to talk about this, this episode. Exactly. Come and join us and just mm-hmm. talk about whatever you know about this topic. Like, For sure. I feel like he would just be like, cool. Yeah. Like a chameleon. Just be like, all right, yeah, I'll talk yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's super well-rounded. Yeah. And, uh, and that's a good trait to have. Definitely. So uh, there was something else I was going to get at with that. I forget now. Um, but anything else you want to add before um, I... I do want to say he's yeah. a relationship bodyguard. Okay. And there's times during our relationship duels... Oh, yeah. That we could use him. Uh, Byron, I could use you pretty much every single day. <laughs> That's when, right, because uh, I kick your ass. Yeah, once, w- w- for one to be like a relationship bodyguard to like talk us back to like, you know, where we're civil and we can, you know. We are, though. We're, we're yeah. good with our arguments. And also just to protect me, because like when she's throwing things at me, <laughs> I could really use you to like step in front. <laughs> Honestly. And like, if you need to take it down, you could take it down. <laughs> Whatever you got to do. Whatever you do, you know, I mean, just. <laughs> Or you could just teach me how to sleep with a gun. That'd be cool too. <laughs> I'd take that. So um, he's he's known as the relationship bodyguard f- yes. for a reason. Yes. And whatever it costs to fly you down here and like protect me, you could sit I'm all for right it. Right in between us on the couch, and if we start, you'd be like, "Listen, you two. Yeah. Yeah. Cut yeah, it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I don't know. This was like, this is one of those episodes that. In three, four, five, ten years from now, I'm gonna look back and yeah, you know, and I'm going to re-listen to a bunch of times, and I feel like I'm gonna tell people like, hey, do you know who we interviewed? Right. Which I already did that. Yeah. I did that to yeah. cut people. Mm-hmm. I don't really love to like, oh, look at us, but mm-hmm. I mean, this is something just that cool. needs to be out there. And it's like you're like people wouldn't like. There's so many people we know just from growing up that would love to hear this and hear these stories and yeah. just his experiences and everything. Yep. So. For sure. And uh, and he's got books out. He's got tons and tons of books. Yes. Just look up his name yeah. and everything will come up of all of his books, everything he's done. Just check him out. He's like, there's so many different sides to him. Yeah. Exactly. And we're going to link those sites yes. to this so episode. So you click yeah. on the links and go check it out. Exactly. So, uh, I don't know. Byron, thank you so much Yes. for, you know, sitting with me and us and mm-hmm. just, you know. Just, Taking the time out. Yeah. And I don't know. That's all I need to say. Yeah. That's it. And bring it bring it down. Or, do, or I'll come to 8 Mile. I will. And I'll bring the ball. 
and it'll probably get stolen from me, and I'll <laughs> call, call you to help. But, <laughs> but uh, I'd love it. Imagine, imagine seeing him play right. college ball right now. Right? How awesome would that That'd be? That'd be so awesome. And I, would... I, I bet you he could do it too. Oh, I'm sure. I do. I have no doubts. Yeah. So that'd be cool. You, I would for sure buy the jersey, wear it, throw it on TV, and be like, every time he dunks the ball, I know him. I know him. <laughs> that's, that's my friend. Yeah, that's, that's my, my friend. friend. Look, Ma, look, look. <laughs> yeah, Listen, no matter story, what though. he does, I support. He's a good guy. For sure. And Byron, we would love to have you back anytime you're able to. Yes. So, uh, yeah. So Byron Williams, pick up his book. He's got a whole bunch. And uh, check out what he does. He also has a podcast. So support. Yeah. Support the fellow podcasters. That's right. Um. We know there's so many out there, but uh, well, we're you know we feel blessed and fortunate you found ours, mm-hmm. and we want to share the love. Yes, so definitely. Go check uh, his out. Yeah, there's so many hours in the week, and there's great content out there. So, and the crazy part is, hey, it's not like these streaming TV services where you got to pay monthly. Right. This stuff is for free. That's right. And you could go do whatever you want as you're listening. Yes. So you don't have to be, you know glued to a couch for an hour exactly yeah, yeah. On, your, on your travels on the road or you're doing stuff around yeah, the house Greg used to travel two hours to, to work two hours from work yep and podcast got him through it because oh, if it wasn't for podcast he would have gone crazy what he four already, hours he every day in a car yeah, yeah that was nuts and I did it for seven years yeah. and podcasts are what got me through those drives definitely so even even you know even just Around the house, you're shopping in the supermarket, going yeah. with some headphones. And, yep, exactly. And and it makes these unenjoyable tasks like... Not so horrible. Just, yeah, yeah, but it, it does. It makes it... You don't even realize what you're doing when you're yeah. listening. Right. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So check them out. Byron Williams, the man, Eminem's ex-bodyguard, the relationship bodyguard, an author, uh, a writer. He does it all. A podcaster. A baller. A, a baller. <laughs> <laughs> a hustler. Um, just a down-to-earth great guy. Yes. And, yeah, and a father, too. Yeah. So he, he does it all. Um, all right. Well, that's that. I appreciate it. We appreciate it. We love it that you take the time out. And, hey, check us out. We got more coming. That's right. And, Byron, we, we got a part two coming. That's we right. Do. We do. We do. We'll we set do. it up. We do. Yeah. For sure. So, uh, anything else, Alex? I think that is it, Greg. All right. (laughs) So, that's it. We're out of here. Thanks again for listening. This is the Anything Goes podcast with Greg and Alex. You know where to find us on social media. There you go. There it is. There it is on social media. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, iTunes podcast. Subscribe, rate, review, all that fun stuff. And uh, until next time, thank you again so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. It means the world to us. And uh, that's that. Another episode. We out. Byron Williams, thanks so much. Until next time, be good, be crazy, and we'll see you real soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Anything Goes podcast with Greg and Alex. See you real soon. Suckers.